0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is BELIEVE. What's up, everybody? And welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host. Ryan Fowler today ladies and gentlemen we have reached week three of the NFL preseason commanders hosting the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday at six o'clock to wrap up this slate of exhibition games first off I am so happy that there are no longer four preseason games a month long it drug on three games is plenty you get the starters in you get the starters out Depends what we're going to see this week. I, I, I'm i not going to put it and sit here and say that we're not going to see anybody play, but you're not going to see a lot of the guys out there. Just bottom line. Right? We're getting ready for week one. The focus is on September 10th and hosting the Arizona Cardinals at one o'clock to open the 2023 campaign. It is not on beating the Cincinnati Bengals. It may be over the last few years for the Ravens, right, To to consistently just win every single preseason game. But, you know, that streak is obviously over with Washington taking them down last week. But you don't want guys getting hurt. Knock on wood, right? Offense, defense, special teams. You've seen even guys over these last few weeks like Ryan Polarty who the team cut yesterday, punter, who was punting for Tress Way, allowing him to just take a little bit of a break, allow him to now come in in week three and do his duties if he needs to, get one game's rep like he needs any. He doesn't. But just those little sort of transactions to where... We are not just we're, we're not going to see a lot of the guys that are going to be strapped and suited up for, you know, 80% plus of the snaps on either side of the ball this year. That will come in week 1. So we won't most likely and we should not see any of Sam Howell or, you know, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson Brian Robinson, guys in the front 5, the front 4 on defense. Last week they didn't play against the Ravens. Don't need to see him again. Maybe if you want to throw out a Quan Martin for a series or two, or potentially Kalik Hudson get some reps at the second level. We'll see. But overall, the guys are going to make the fifty-three. Guys that are locks for the fifty-three, they will not be on the field against the Cincinnati Bengals again this Saturday at six o'clock at FedEx Field to wrap up the preseason. But today, we are going to preview the game and we are going to talk about about five to six guys that need to show out for the burgundy and gold this week, because there are some position battles where spots are still open. Is it at wide receiver and the back end wide receiver five wide receiver six? Do they keep seven? Is it at edge Andre Jones, KJ Henry, James Smith Williams, who makes the cut there? Is it at corner, right? The back end, your Rashad wild gooses and Christian Holmes and Tariq Castro fields. It looks right now that Washington's five corners and Kendall Fuller, Benjamin Saint just Emmanuel Forbes, Quan Martin, and Danny Johnson are locks for this roster. But we're going to get into a, a few positional battles where Week Three of the preseason for for some it doesn't mean anything, but for also some guys on this roster it means absolutely everything. Not just for their potential future in Washington, but their future as football players and in the NFL. Because if they're not here in Washington. On the 53 or on the practice squad, then there's 31 other ball clubs that are also looking for players as well. And there will be a lot of additions. And even in Washington, to where if there's a an edge rusher, is there potentially a corner or a tight end that they like from elsewhere that may get cut and they want to bring in, you may see that moving into next week. Cut down day is August 29th. So that is next Tuesday. Right, August 29th is the final cutdown day from Washington to get their final 53 to turn in their final roster to the NFL prior to week one. But today we are talking commanders and Bengals, And again, I want to give you guys a few names to keep an eye out as we head in to this Saturday. And bottom line for me is front five. Um, the depth has a long way to go. Um, we saw Sadiq Charles start with the ones against the Ravens. We saw Chris Paul working into the second half, really playing the entire game. Um, when you look at who's earned snaps along the front five for the Burgundy Gold so far this preseason, it's it's a lot of the guys that are twos and the threes, right? The back end guys, guys that may make the practice squad. Um, but, you know, it's Trent Scott. He's got 50 pass blocking snaps. Nick Gates, Sam Cosme, Cornelius Lucas has had a really good preseason. I like what I've seen from him as same from Ricky Stromberg, working at center, working at guard. I like what I've seen from him. I uh, want to see more from Braden Daniels. Um, him and Mason Brooks, the UDFA out of Ole Miss, have really shown up. Um, Brooks even at times looks, at, for in my opinion, and even the conversations that I've had with a few scouts in the building in Ashburn, that Brooks has looked better than Daniels. And that's not a great you know, sign because you drafted Braden Daniels early on day three out of Utah. But, and, and Mason is a UDFA that's really took a flyer on out of the SEC, but competition is competition. And are you going to show up or not? And who deserves a roster spot? Because when I look at the depth of this front five right now, I, I'm okay with the potential starting five. Um, I like Charles Leno. Look, it, in spurts, right? Up and down. He can look good. Then he can look terrible. Andrew Wiley, I really like what I saw from him against the Ravens. It was rough against the Browns, but he got better and better, getting more comfortable along that front five with new faces all around him in the offense. In the middle, Sam Cosme, done a nice job at guard, can't say anything else. Nick Gates was dominant against the, uh, excuse me the Baltimore Ravens. He's going to be a nasty mauler within the interior and that anchor communicating to his left and to his right and making life that much easier for Sam Howell under center. I've talked about the left side line of scrimmage with Sadiq Charles and I mentioned Charles Leno, but the depth behind them. I mean, you look at Braden Daniels and Chris Paul, Stromberg, guys like Aaron Montero, Cornelius Lucas can provide you some swing guard value. He will 100% make this roster. I wouldn't even be shocked if he could play some guard for you as well. I've talked about that in prior episodes. Um, he's just someone that's athletic, that understands the game. He's a veteran. He's been in Washington, got good feet, understands leverage, can sit get butt, butt in the ground and anchor against a guy that's... You know, 320 pounds, and then also have the feet to counter an outside rush of a guy that's 250 pounds. So that's just the type of ability that Cornelius has. He's not an elite tackle. He's not gonna make any all-pro teams or any Pro Bowl teams, but he's just someone that's a good player. And he reminds me a lot of Ty Seki from years ago that just constantly came in and was that swing tackle, left tackle, right tackle, whatever you need him to do, he could do it for you and do it well. So there's just the depth along this front five. I want to see guys like Tyler Larson against the Bengals. I want to see Nolan Laufenberg. I want to see Mason Brooks, as I mentioned at the top. I want to see Trent Scott because the team spent money to bring him in from Pittsburgh this offseason. So that's three or four guys right there that are battling for those. I mean, your front five is set and your six, seven, eight spots, right? Ricky Stromberg and Braden Daniels and Cornelius Lucas. Those guys will be here. But these threes, who's going to make it and who's not? couple of those guys I think will make a practice squad and a couple of them have in the past here in DC but who's going to show up and who's not and a lot of these guys are going to get a full 60 minutes of work against the Cincinnati Bengals so I want to stay on the offensive side of the ball tight end um, I know you guys know that tight end is still a question Um, Logan Thomas was working on the side again yesterday in practice don't expect him to see out there against the Bengals and I guess he's just going to show up in week one in full strength. I don't know yet. I mean, it remains to be seen. And I'm just sitting here waiting for Logan Thomas to be tight end one for this offense. Because right now, Cole Turner, John Bates are your top two tight ends. It just has to be better there, right? Just flat out has to be better. But the guys behind them, I mean, Curtis Hodges, right? I'm not expecting anything from him. Brandon Dillon, Caden Smith, those guys are going to be gone. You know, not no hate to those guys. It's just how it works. NFL's a business. They're just not going to be here, if anything, potentially on the practice squad. But at running back, guys, is going to be a fun little battle. Um, I'm excited to see both Jarrett Patterson and Jonathan Williams, both guys that have been around for a couple years here in D.C. And with Brian Robinson and Tony Gibson and six-round pick out of Kentucky, Chris Rodriguez, looking like roster locks. I know the fumble from Chris against the Ravens, it's not good to see. You don't want your ball carrier turning the ball over, but... I like his game. The team likes his game. He's a physical ball carrier. Um, His skill set is a little bit repetitive with Brian Robinson as far as that bigger, bulkier uh, type of body. Um, I really like what I've seen from Brian this offseason and and this preseason slate of his ability to work in space, so diversifying his skill set and expanding an offense east-west and north-south. So it's great to see from number eight. Excited to see him working into the regular season, but it's going to be really a one-two punch between Jarrett and Jonathan against the Bengals, and both guys I expect to to play extremely well and just make it tough for Randy Jordan, running backs coach, and of course Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator, and and Ron Rivera. It's just going to be tough because you get it. People will say you don't get relationships with these players and you can't get attached because it is a business. But when there's guys that like this, like Patterson and Williams, that show up, they're not afraid to stick their face in and pass pro. They're not going to be your RB1 or RB2s, but if you need them to show up, and we've seen the last few years, they show up. And it's not just someone to hand the ball off to, and hopefully they get a yard or two. They've actually shown up and in, in produced as well when given the opportunity. Not turning the ball over, just doing things well and taking advantage of snaps. So excited to see both Jarrett and Jonathan this week. I don't expect either of them right now to be roster locks. Does one of them make it? We will see. I just don't see four running backs on this roster. Again, unless they really want to convert Antonio Gibson to that dynamic flex weapon to where he's getting a majority of his snaps in space as a receiver instead of as a ball carrier. But I just don't see that fully moving into that role right now. So running back definitely to watch is Jared Patterson and Jonathan Williams this week. At corner, I mentioned it at the top, guys like Tariq Castro-Fields, Rashad Wildgoose, uh, guys like Nick Whiteside and your Kendall Smiths who had a pick at the end of the Ravens game off Anthony Brown, DJ Sturgis. Now, those are the types of names that are going to be out there this week, but my focus is on Christian Holmes, and right now he looks like CB6 on this roster. Drafted him last year, 7th rounder out of Oklahoma State, long kid, he's physical, he's aggressive. He's looked really good in the preseason, really liked what I saw from him against Cleveland working downhill on the outside against Anthony Schwartz and David Bell. Just did a really nice job and he's not somebody to be physical and that's afraid to be physical at the line of scrimmage both inside the contact window and coverage and defending the run as that perimeter defender. Um, it's a big game for him. It's a big game. I, I don't see them cutting a seventh round pick that proved to show his value last year, both on defense and special teams and the progress that he's shown moving into year two. But when you got guys in front of you and you have a lot of competition, a lot of talent at certain spots, you can only keep so many guys. And if they want to keep more offensive linemen and if they want to keep a potential seventh wide receiver, which I'm going to get to in, in just a second, that, that Christian Holmes is on the outside looking in. But I don't see him sitting on a practice squad for two months and potentially waiting for an injury to happen to a guy at the top of the depth chart like a Benjamin St. Just, Forbes, Quan Martin, or Danny Johnson. Just one of those guys. I just don't see that happening right now because I do think Christian Holmes is an NFL player and I do think he deserves reps on a defense and special teams where I think he could be a core contributor. If it's not in Washington, it could be somewhere else because I really like what I've seen from Christian Holmes this year. He's just currently right on that bubble of in and out and how he plays against the Bengals could potentially tell the story of his future in D.C. And finally, guys, I want to look on offense, and that is at receiver. Um, I've talked about this receiver position for a while now. We know the names at the top, but it's, you know, wide receiver four, five, six, and potentially 7, right? De'Ami Brown's going to be that wide receiver 4, but Byron Pringle, Marcus Kemp, right? Dax Milne, Mitchell Tinsley, UDFA out of Penn State, and Kaz Allen, UDFA out of UCLA, All those guys have really popped a little bit, whether it's in camp and whether it's in the first two preseason games. Each of those guys have had their flashes. It's just who gets an opportunity working with Jake Fromm at quarterback this week. We're probably going to see him for a full 60 minutes. It's really just target share, right? Volume. Eric Biennemi, I'm sure, is going to scheme it up to where all these guys get opportunities. Um, Terry, Jahan, Curtis, Diami, I do not expect them at all to be in uniform, but... Dax Milne, the UDFAs I just mentioned in Tinsley and Allen, and, and Marcus Kemp, Byron Pringle, those guys, I expect them to play a full 60 minutes and rotate on the outside. And with that too, with with Kaz specifically, his ability as a special teamer, you know, last year it was Dax Milne as the primary punt returner and kick returner. And we I know we saw some Antonio Gibson back there. We've seen a bunch of bodies over the last few years jump back and return kicks on KOR and PR. But... This is a situation to where special teams and your value, both on offense and on teams, could could really solidify a roster spot. And Washington kept six receivers last year, at this time last year. You guys remember that. Alex Erickson made the team because he could provide some special teams value. Really didn't do anything all year long, on on teams or on offense. And Washington kept six receivers. And looking right now, as we sit here in mid-August, just a couple weeks away from the Cardinals making their way into town, Washington has more talent at their receiver position than they did last year, which is crazy to say, but they did. And this time last year, we didn't know what to expect from a guy like Jahan Dotson after being taken in the first round. And now heading into year two, we expect huge things from all the top four guys, mainly. But if you can compete on special teams and potentially be a field flipper that this team has not had, really, since Brandon Banks, who was so damn electric, and I miss him every single day when you think about his ability as a punt returner. Washington needs a guy like that. You can special teams wins ball games. Whether it's snaps, we saw an ugly snap in the Baltimore game when Joey Sly knocked it through at the end of the game. That was ugly by Cameron Cheeseman. That has to improve. I know he's been working on a new technique with his hands this off season. Just go back to what works. It's long snapping. Whatever works, I don't care. Just just get it there. Just get it there. Tight spiral to trust Way's hands within his frame and just let Joey Sly do the work. That's all I'm asking for from, from Cameron Cheeseman. He was good in his rookie year. Stop messing with stuff that doesn't mean be, be messed with if you're special teams coordinator, Nate Katzer. Just don't need to mess with it, right? So special teams is extremely important. And those guys that are the long snapper and kicker and punter, those positions are locked down. But punt return and kick return are 100% up in the air. And with both guys, and, and especially Dax Mill and Kaz Allen, they're gonna be active this week. They're gonna get opportunities, whether it's one return two returns or five returns or six. It doesn't matter. Taking advantage of every opportunity really has reached new heights and a new spotlight this week with it being, of course, their last exhibition contest. And lastly, guys, the position I'm focused on is defensive end. And you know the starters in Chase Young and Montez Sweat, they will line up opposite of each other. Most likely, I know we've... Had a little hiccup with Chase's injury this last few weeks, but everything, again, I've heard that he's absolutely fine. 99's ready to go for week one. Um, but Andre Jones Jr., I mean, I don't know if we're even going to see him this week. The guy has played his tail off, seventh-round pick out of Louisiana Lafayette, made plays in the running games, gotten after the quarterback, just looked really good, and his roster spot is all but locked up. But really, my eyes are focused on James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, and specifically rookie K.J. Henry out of Clemson because it's not that K.J. has been bad. It's just hard to consistently pop like Jones has this offseason and in joint practices and individuals and 11-11s at camp to where K.J. just hasn't yet. It does take time. You guys know me. I've praised K.J. Henry on this podcast, and I'd still like his game. It's not, you know, a couple preseason games... And a month at training camp isn't going to completely sway me away from a guy that was really good at Clemson, has ACC experience, and just someone that has the profile and the athletic profile and the size, strength, power to be a good rotational piece along an NFL defensive line. So I do expect KJ to be out there against the Bengals this week. And I do expect him to get a ton of snaps. Hopefully he gets at least three quarters of work because I want to see number 55. I want to see him align with his hand in the dirt. I want to see him standing up. I want to see him potentially align as a wide nine rusher outside the tight end. Maybe if you have to reduce him inside to provide some unique looks and some unique alignments to see what he'll do for you. Who knows? Um, Jack Del Rio, be creative. Put him in some certain positions like they did at Clemson because that Tigers front seven as a whole was so unique and so talented to where you could put guys in different spots and ask them to do different things and succeed in different alignments. I want to see KJ do that this week because the guys around him most likely are bubble guys and 95% of them just aren't going to be around. So I do want to see more from KJ Henry. I do expect him to be, again, in uniform against Cincinnati. And that is 100% a name that I'm going to have bolded, if not the biggest name that I want to see show up this week. Again, home against Cincinnati. So that's just a quick hitting pod for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm going to have an episode out for you. As of now, on August 30th, that's Wednesday, August 30th, the day after final cuts are made to go through the entire roster, who made it at receiver, who made it at edge, tight end, the entire offensive line, corners room, safeties, all position groups, offense, defense, and of course, on special teams. And we'll look at guys that, whether it's at corner or receiver or running back, that also will provide value. Again, as I mentioned with with Allen and Milne, potentially on punt return and kick return. So... If Kaz Allen makes this roster over a guy like Dax Milne, it's most likely going to be for him and his special teams pop. And those questions, which still are there for Ron Rivera, are going to be answered this week. So again, that's going to do it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. it again. Next pod will be out Wednesday, August 30th to recap the entire roster and preview the, the final 53 as Washington heads into week one. So always appreciate you guys' reviews, your likes, your shares, your subscribes. I'm on Twitter if you don't follow me already, at underscore Ryan Fowler. With every episode, we're getting closer and closer and closer to week one. We got some college football this week. We are no longer going towards the weekend without college football until feb- late February. So I- I'm just, I'm excited, guys. I know you're excited, too. We're just a few weeks away from kicking off against the Arizona Cardinals at home. Final preseason game against the Cincinnati Bengals again this Saturday at 6 o'clock. If you guys are able to make it out, that's awesome. Some positional guys to look out for, as I mentioned in this episode. Always appreciate you guys. Regular season is just around the corner. We're going to be cranking it up here at Commanding the Huddle. Again, August 30th, next Wednesday, we're going through the roster. Offense, defense, special teams. Previewing each position group. Guys that deserve to make it. Maybe guys that didn't certain roles for certain guys and maybe snuck into the roster. We'll get to all of that next Wednesday. So appreciate you guys. As always, I am Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.